Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast and the Open Championship Weekend. The tunes you just heard are from the dulcet tones of Mike Stone, bringing us in with this, we can all agree, the song of the summer, the Open Song. Thank you very much to Mike Stone for that audio. This is Solly. Randy is sitting here with me in Toledo. Randy, how are you? Hi, I'm great. God, that song's good. Absolute (laughs) banger. Club anthem of the summer. Mike what is it? Mike MikeStoneMusic.com or MikeStone.com? <laughs> Mikey Music, baby. Mikey Music. That is T- the voice of TC that you hear in the Kill House. Also joining us is DJ Pi from the Kill House. Hello, DJ. Greetings. Hello. I am excited to talk Open Championship uh, with you guys. But first, I don't know. I, I feel like you guys have noticed. I feel like you've heard me mention it. Uh, but if you haven't noticed, the last two men's majors have been won by players using the Callaway Chrome Soft X golf ball of course john rom won the u.s open with the chrome soft decks a few weeks ago had some glowing things to say about it in his post-game comments back in may phil won the pga championship with the chrome soft x triple track golf ball that's the same golf ball you'll see neil using in our latest episode of film room uh, which you should go check out on the our youtube channel if you have not done so another callaway player that should be in the mix this week xander shoffley recently switched to the chrome soft uh, from the chrome soft x to the chrome soft x ls uh, a little lower spin golf ball, but still a firmer feel. Um, if you know, might be looking to try to flight some balls down here over at St. George's this week uh, in the UK British Open Championship presented by Her Majesty the Queen. Uh, Neil, I know, tried it, decided it wasn't for him. I like lower spin golf balls. I haven't tried it. I like the higher launch that comes from the Chrome Soft, but it just speaks to the the myriad of options that the Callaway Golf Ball family offers you. So you can learn more about the Chrome Soft family of golf balls at callawaygolf.com slash chromesoft that's callawaygolf.com slash chromesoft i think we can all attest that like at least learning the profiles of golf balls was really important for us to at least understand how our golf ball was performing would you guys agree with that sally i'm uh i'm a massive proponent of the chrome soft x i think you should use it as well but we can we can take that offline and i think i think the chrome soft x summer is going to continue on because i am guaranteeing victory in Taurus sauce Wow. One one Callaway thing that that kind of piqued my interest as you said, you know, the last two majors have been have been won by uh guys using that golf ball. It's funny also the last two majors have been won by two guys that we shot with at a Callaway ad shoot, Phil Mickelson and John Rahm, two guys that we shot with during the players. We did shoot with a third player on that day. I don't know if, if we keep it to ourselves on for betting perspective, right? Yeah. I mean, there's 
There's one other guy that we shot with. We haven't rolled out any of the Neil videos. Neil shot with him. Neil shot a video with him. It seems so natural that he's, of course, going to win this week. Here's oh, what else. Well, that, come on, tip the tip the people. Tip he's them. A past, come on. A past winner of the UK British Open. I think everyone's going to figure it out for that. It's Henry. Thank you. <laughs> I want to know the first question I want to ask all of you, as as I think is becoming a new tradition on this show, is just starting off major championship week with with some good feels. I'm gonna start with Big Randy right to my right. What what has you excited for this week? Uh it's a it's a return to Lynx Golf. It's been it's been a while. As I've aged, I'm I'm getting old. I find myself more and more really enjoying the British Open. I'm a little worried with the mountain time zone getting up mm. and, and seeing a lot of it, but I'm going to give it a good effort. And I, I'm just excited to see to see those guys across the pond and a, a different test of golf, you know? This is Glory's last shot now, so Glory. I'm excited that it's the last major of the season. Glory's last hole. But <laughs> thank <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, TC, what has you excited this week? Oh, my gosh. I mean, coffee golf for sure. That's that's kind of first and foremost. A lot of guys playing really good golf right now. I'm very very excited to see. I want to see if Victor Hovland can answer the bell. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to see Royal St George's too. I think it's been it's been a while. I think it was you know what was the last time Darren Clark 20, 2011. Yeah, so I think that was you know that was a little bit I don't know fleeting I guess in my memory. So I, I want to see some quirk. I want to see some blind shots. Uh, I hear it's lush, but it sounds like it, it might get a little bit hot and uh, kind of a heavy north wind, too. DJ Pie, what's got you excited about this week? I think I would echo a lot of uh, what Tron said. I don't remember a ton of the golf course uh, from 2003, from 2011, uh, but kind of diving back in today and reading a little bit more about it, uh, a little bit more about the history, watching some flyovers. Golf Digest, I tweeted out, had, a, had an awesome uh, flyover of every hole, kind of description of every hole at Royal St. George's. Uh, it just looks... I think some people have kind of said this, uh, you know, when we've thrown some strays at Royal St. George's, which comes from strictly a place of ignorance on my part. You know, when you're looking forward to certain courses in the open rota, you're looking forward to, you know, the old course in Carnoustie and and some of those places in Royal St. George's, I think, goes way under the radar. And some people have always kind of popped us. Uh, now I'm seeing rightfully so for for kind of looking at this one as kind of a flyover because it it does check a lot of the boxes for things that we like to see, I think, which is uh, pure chaos and randomness and uh, the rub of the green. And I think it's going to be a big, big week for that. Randy, if you weren't already excited about this week, I think you're going to, I don't know how much prep you've done, but I think you're going to really thoroughly enjoy Royal St. George's. I, I do remember it being a little goofy from the last go round. So I'm excited to hear that. I have to say I've thoroughly, thoroughly prepped, uh, but of course I, I may have missed something. It's part of the reason why, like we we don't remember it all that much from 2011 because the weather was just so shitty. And like I remember watching the experience and like the the rain, the sideways rain, and all the uh, Ricky Fowler's I, the rain suit. Yeah, yeah, but but I don't think I I it was just picking up any of the specifics on the golf course. Right? Yeah, I think it's a couple of reasons. I think speaking hyper personally, I mean. Obviously, we weren't doing this podcast, so I think that's a big part yeah. of it. We probably weren't watching 14 hours of golf per day, so that's a big part of it. And I think, I don't know, again, I think this is personal, but I think our lives have probably changed to where we prep for these things a lot more and probably build up a lot more of a, uh, a knowledge base about these these places. So we're, we're kind of starting to 
get to parts of the rota that we haven't really been to in this life yet if that makes sense and so it's it's exciting it almost feels like brand new from that perspective i'm i'm really pumped to watch it um let me ask you guys this what are you guys uh you know especially you know is it a good thing that you know that we didn't have an open championship last year like does that make you guys more excited for it yeah it does I don't think it's a good thing, but I am more excited than I would. Be. I think I would be the same amount of excited. I'm like not. I'm not, not leaning. He's doing his dumbass rider play the rider <laughs> every year thing, which I'm not. I'm not leaning into. I would be less excited. I, 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 I will not be participating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got, you're a bad, bad guy. Solly, what are you, what are you excited about? I am excited for the true return of Lynx Golf. I tried to get into the Scottish Open last week with you know. All right, here we go. We're back, Lynx Golf, and it just didn't. The style of play of that golf course did not scratch the itch of what is my favorite style of golf. Uh, it's my favorite style to watch professionals play in an era that just is becoming increasingly dull to watch a very a TPCization of golf. You know, just expand, expand, hit it high, hit it far, carry distance, track man, uh, knowing you know exactly how, how to stop your ball once it gets on the green, all of that is really hard to watch every week and having the one week with the curveball where the ball hopefully rolls. I know it's soft out there and you know these golf courses have a tendency to still play a little different than you know in the rain than TPC Deer Run does and watching guys have to play a deer run out of your mouth, okay? Listen, when it gets wet at TPC Deer Run, it gets a little boring, okay? So we're not going to hopefully it's not going to play like that. So it is uh, just it this whole tournament activates something within me in terms of my connection with the game of golf i feel like i really got i kind of burned out on golf maybe seven eight years ago and going over and taking a trip to scotland in 2015 and like playing true links golf for the first time reactivated something that has taken off in a level that i i could could not have even pictured taking off and this tournament now activates that kind of feeling and that realization within me and that just for i get honestly it's it's not hard to to see that i get pretty stressed out watching a lot of pro golf and how you know how, how just not enjoyable a lot of it is a lot of the things about pro golf not being enjoyable to watch and this is the one week where it should be an exception to that and that has me very excited for this week well i think you're going to be stressed though with the coverage yeah, I've made I've an announcement and a decision um, that I've made, which is that uh, I will be uh, changing teams and I will be switching over to Team Sky officially. I've, it's gotten to the point where American television coverage, I believe, has has not insignificantly affected the my ability to do my job, which is to talk about the golf tournament that's being played. And uh, I, 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 it's going to oh, be basically we're going to take a real quick break. We'll, we'll, <laughs> right, we'll get right back to what you're saying in a minute here. I believe so. It's a world feed. So NBC is not sending a, you know, not sending their cameramen to the open championship for, you know, whatever the first time. And I don't even know how long or if ever, maybe I know that's COVID related and whatnot, but it's going to be a world feed, which is with the, is it the same feed that they have at sky and like NBC is just going to add more commercials on top of that. Is that accurate? I would assume that I would assume that's how it goes. Typically when they do a world feed or like they can still pull down different things at different like at, at the same time like if it's not going to be exactly the same i think they can they've got different options or they're giving them a raw feed and then they can throw throw stuff in or throw stuff on top of it but yeah i mean it sounds like you know uh it's it's going to be pretty pretty limited for tommy roy and the boys as far as you know how much how much variety that they can offer which is which in my opinion is a good thing 
Which well, I don't. I, I'm just. I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna be the mark this time. I'm not gonna wake up at 1:30 and two because I know they're gonna they're gonna front load extra in the morning. So just be prepared for it. Like I know we're all excited for this tournament. I don't want people to go and get punched in the face if they get up super early to watch golf because they are gonna hit you so hard with commercials in the beginning. We've seen it enough. They're not even gonna like. They're not making any announcements of it being less. So you know it's not gonna be less. So just get ready to be punched. Save your energy and like honestly, I would I would rather DVR the first two hours on, uh, you know, several hours and catch up, you know, once I wake up because I just, I'm not gonna be able to do it. So. Maybe the that one thirty to four a.m. stretch on the cock is that might be where it's at. That might be the golden hour yeah. right there. Might be the true party. Yeah. I mean, they still run the same commercials though on the cock, and that'll even if that's the premium, even if it's the non-premium version, which. I canceled my premium immediately after the uh, KPMG Women's PGA. Let's just run through the schedule for those that don't know it. 1.30 to 4 a.m. on Thursday and Friday morning on the cock, uh, otherwise known as Peacock. 4 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Golf Channel. And then a, a, very importantly, um, for a lot of reasons we can definitely understand, switching the last hour to Peacock, uh, 3 to 4 p.m., which is really convenient for for everyone. That's That's Thursday and Friday. Saturday, 5 to 7 a.m. on Golf Channel, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. on NBC, and then Sunday, 4 to 7 a.m. on Golf Channel, then 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. on NBC, and then they're going to put the last 30 minutes probably on Peacock for the playoff if it gets there. So. I'm standing in solidarity with Sol- with Solly. I, too, will not be fooled and be getting up early. I've made, <laughs> my, I've made my decision. That's so brave of you, Randy. Yeah, yeah. Sally, are you worried at all about the, the the rough? I just keep hearing about the rough, and I don't normally hear about the rough in a British Open. Just it being too thick. It's just yeah, it's thick, and there's a lot of it, and there's a lot of it in a lot of places. Is it the rough or the muff? <laughs> I mean, Zinger Zinger's on the call, right? Which I think is ex- uh, especially interesting, considering like some of the fairways at this place. If you if you look at it, like it's it's kind of what everybody talks about with Royal St George's is wildly undulating fairways and a lot of canted fairways, a lot of like crown fairways that, you know, almost kind of like fall off on either side. So it just seems like even if it is wet, it seems like a lot of balls, some some OB in play too, running through and bouncing into that thick rough and uh, all that stuff, which is, you know, interesting and obviously affects uh, some of the picks I think that we'll, we'll make, but yeah, it's, I don't know, man, it's a, it's a wild place. And the last thing I had kind of on TV stuff, unless you guys had other, other stuff to bring up there. Reading a lot of, uh, you know, we always shout this out, especially the week of majors, but Jeff Shackelford's newsletter, the quadrilateral has been really good this week. And he, he was, you know, a point for optimism. I don't know how much of this the American broadcast will pull in, but he kind of started to to allude to how much better Sky is at some of the like small things we saw during the Scottish Open, like the the way that they do, you know, showing the different hole locations on different days, showing the different like topographical maps on greens and showing like a lot of different camera angles a lot of different stuff that like you know the american broadcast doesn't do a very good job of so maybe we'll get a couple of you know maybe we'll get a couple bonuses through this whole through this whole thing as well i'm sure it'll be overwhelmingly you know more cons than pros but let's end on a high note here i'd also like to to shout out the infrastructure there's the power plant, the Dungeness power plant <laughs> in the distance. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so I'm very happy that you have your hopes up, DJ, and, and then I'm sure you'll be rewarded for that optimism coming uh, as, as an American golf fan. But let's talk about the golf course, DJ. You seem to be quite schooled on it, um, and I'm trying to get on board with your optimism here. I like I like Quirk. I do. 
I don't. I see some quirk when I look at the flyovers, and I, I, I really do feel like I'm reacquainting myself from this course from ten years ago. I've never played it. Uh, none of us have played it. None of us have been there, and so it is. It, it doesn't. It feels very foreign to me. And your optimism about it has me super excited, I, and I'm trying to get there. So help help me get there. You mentioned a couple of things that are charming about it, but you, what what have you gotten there with with the, your flyover viewing? So a couple things. One, a lot of the quirk I think is was taken out in like the late '70s, early '80s when they kind of reintroduced it back into the rota because it, it was gone from which that's what i'm struggling with a little yeah, bit yeah, right no, I, which I, of course like i i you know the more quirk the better i wish that hadn't happened but i'm sure there were a lot of reasons why it did but like just a couple tidbits it was there used to be so many blind shots and so much quirk at this place that they used to have two different sets of f- aiming flags for people like it used to be it wasn't just like hey aim at the white post it used to be like all right, if you can hit it really far, aim at the blue flag. And if you can't hit it really far, aim at the red flag. And they had like a bunch of that stuff out there, which is awesome for a a place where you're deciding a major championship. I, I think that's very cool. But obviously a ton of weird sight lines. I think a lot of a, a place for, you know, none of this is going to translate on TV really, I'm sure. But just reading guys' quotes and stuff, tough place to get acclimated to. So I don't know if that really favors more experience, less experience, you know, one of those things, but just a, a weird place. I feel like to, uh, to, to get acclimated and, and know where you're headed. Uh, I mentioned the fairways fairly crowned and I think, you know, you're just going to have to be somebody who's going to deal with a lot of really bad bounces, which I think we can get to, uh, when we get into kind of some of our picks and, and betting, but John Rahm, obviously the overwhelming favorite, I'm having just a, a a hair of a hard time squaring like quirkiest course in the rota. Like get ready for a shitload of bad breaks with perspective with John Rahm like being <laughs> super level uh, the whole time. Uh, but that's you know that's we'll, we'll see. You gotta give a shout out to the Himalayas bunker on four. <laughs> of course, of course, a lot of, a lot of just like massive. They use the dunes in a very cool way, and and I think one of the ways. And again, I haven't seen it in person, but. From everything I can tell, it, it seems like a lot of the dunes are used in a way to kind of like challenge how much of a carry you want to bring in. And there's a ton of forced carries in that, you know, it's picking your angle and like how much you want to cut off. It's not forced carries like can you hit it over the water or not, but it's it's forced carries and like how much of this dune can you take on. And, you know, if you if you carry it over this bunker, I, I feel I might be the fourth hole where you have like where they call it the Elysian Fields. Or something where it's just like the dead flat stretch. It's like that. That feels like a perfect example of of this place. And so, other than that, you've also got you know all four of the par threes playing different directions, which is really cool, especially at a place where the wind is so you know wild. It's always fun to see that. The maiden looks awesome. Number six, I think. The maiden looks awesome. Used to be a famously like uh, almost like the Dell, I think, at Lahinch, where you had to hit it over this crazy. You'll see on the sixth hole this par three crazy high mound uh to the left of the green i think the the hole actually used to play over that massive mound now it's just like a, a fairly decorative mound but kind of a cool hole nonetheless uh 12th hole looks really cool looks awesome uh short four i think it's probably 320 330 something like that but uh it looks like if you hit driver there's just so much bad stuff that can happen uh but if you're hitting a fairway iron like that's where you really see the fairway kind of cant away from you and it just even makes like just a hard shot no matter what you want to do uh, 14 is the par five. You probably remember the best from 2011 with the OB running up the right and the, uh, the Suez canal running across the fairway. Uh, that's where Dustin Johnson blew it out, uh, out to the right. They should, they should get like blew a, it out a to little, see. 
blew it out to sea. OB, never to vaporize, never to be seen again. They should get something stuck in that canal this year. They should. That would be a touching tribute. That's going to be the race. If somebody hits it in that, the race to making that joke is going to be unlike anything I've ever seen. Well, before you might want to save that, save that in your drafts. No. <laughs> and then 18 just looks like a complete, like, super proper uh, ball busting finish. Uh, up and over Duncan's hollow, not to be confused with Duncan's toy chest. Uh, I, I think the uh, the Walter Hagen quote, you'll probably see this in a bunch of spots, but uh, he called the first nine tremendous fun and not very good golf. And then the back nine is tremendous golf and no fun at all, which is like, I think kind of sums up why I think this place is clicking with me so hard, which is, you know, solid. We might differ on this and that's totally fine. But I, I think it's a decision almost going into the week, a decision to be made on like, do you want to see the V proper skill get rewarded on every single shot and see how close guys can push it to the line and the ball should react exactly the way the ball should react? Or do you want to just see like, man, this is going to be a chaotic 72 hole event. Uh, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs and it might be some luck involved. There will be some luck involved and like who's going to persevere and, and take the title. I think the second uh, just because we have so much of the first, I think the second is like what makes me, Love the British Open. It's a psychological examination, truly. Out of, uh, but more about versatility and flexibility and adaptability versus yeah. versus just straight perseverance with like lots the, of questions being asked. So many. I, don't I'm in camp two as well though, Deej. I mean, that's the, the this golf tournament is defined by that, right? It's there's no such thing as a perfect links in terms of perfect bounces, perfect test. You know, we get like you said, we get plenty of that. I'm I'm way in on that. I think it's just. You know, if we're looking, I watched a lot of the 03 British, which was at St. George's, the Ben Curtis one. That was on Golf Channel a couple of weeks ago and watched a lot of that. And it was so baked out, so firm. Guys were hitting six irons from 250 yards on that maiden hole. That was like, it would it activated everything I need out of a Lynx watching experience. And I don't think we're going to get that this week. So that's just why my, my, my hesitation is slightly muted. Yet at the same time, like, you know, I guess where I'm, where I'm coming from on that is I feel like there is an ounce of St. George's being like the London Open Championship, like the best, you know, the closest links course to London that's probably not, you know, that's capable of hosting the Open. And that being a large part, if not, I don't want to say the only reason, but a large part of why the Open goes there is the reason why I'm like not, if we were at Carnoustie or St. Andrews or whatever, I would be like running through a wall right now. So it's still excited. You are very activated. Oh, this thing does a lot. The tournament senses, man. Activated, you know. I mean, he's fully activated. You're making me miss the cat a little bit. <laughs> and the brand. Just yeah, full activation. We're always missing the cat. Um, I, so, did, I did. I'm sure I'm going to get this wrong, but do you know why it's called Royal St. George's? Uh, I think I forget. Or why it's named after St. George, I should say. It was in the video, but I forget. They wanted it to rival St. Andrews. And I think St. Like George is the patron saint of England, I want to say, or something like that. And so I thought, that, to it's your also, point... They, it's also Randy's middle name. <laughs> I think that was the second reason. They mentioned that as well. I think that was also in the video. Yeah, but to your point on, like, I, I think that was the goal, was to make it kind of England's, England's answer to St. Andrews, uh, which is kind of a fun thing. But the other thing, you know, where I'll kind of meet your... Your skepticism of this week is I don't know what technology is going to do to it either. You know, I don't know what like technology, like another 10 years of technology and a wet golf course like could make for, you know, a fairly boring rendition of this golf course as well. So If we don't get wind. Right. The wind's supposed to be a factor, though. I think it's the forecast is calling for some decent wind. I also want to give a shout out to the 15th hole. That one looks like 496 and the 
called the uh, the traps to the right of the fairway are called the marmalades. That's the one that goes right back out to sea, in right? In an apparent reference to Rex and Lister Hartley, members of the famous jam-making family. <laughs> True and, jam fam. And then the the approach to the green, just like there's a couple, there's a cross bunker up on the right, and it, it just looks like a, a wild, wild, like, you know, front part of that green where you're coming in from 200 yards plus. It's I like, think shit. I think that was the part of the flyover video where I'm I'm picturing myself standing on that tee with like a massive whipping crosswind and just nothing to aim at, just perfect wide open. I'm like, oh my God, that my tee shot might, it, it might move 150 yards left to right on that hole. Like it's just, uh, I would just get beat the fuck up on a hole like that. JJ Mickey 11 is asking, is Royal St. George is more likely to have a glass slipper winner like Ben Curtis or Darren Clark, or do you see a top dog killer winning? We may have already touched on that, but Randy, I'd like your thoughts. Oh, on I hope it's a glass slipper. All my, all my picks are, are a little bit down uh, the odds board. So I, I, the thing I was going to mention was like, it's every one of these major shows we go into saying like, Hey man, unless you're one of the top 10 players in the world, like, you know, Good luck. I don't really know what to tell you. And that's been pretty true when you look at, at the major winners, right? I mean, it's Brooks and Rom and Dustin and Hideki and like these, like it, it's been a lot of fucking horses. Like the most obscure major winner we've gotten is who? Gary Woodland, who's like a premier Shane ball striker. Shane Lowry. Maybe. Shane Lowry. But well, I, yeah. I, I more mean like non open championship, Bill? I should say. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Well, uh, still so, but I think there's, He's there's this distinct. He's a stud now. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point being, I think this is the one week where it's like, hey, I'm not yeah. saying that on this on this week. Like, truly, it's I think those guys still have a leg up, of course. But, you know, more guys have a chance. There's a distinct group of guys that I think is they're still thoroughbreds or they're still, you know, heavyweights, but they're not necessarily like a you guys are going to shit all over me, a Fleetwood or a Hatton or somebody Let like guess, that. Leash. A, a leash, <laughs> <laughs> a Neiman, you know, somebody like that. that yeah. You can, you know, Cam Smith, like a guy that's a top fifty bona fide player in the totally. world, but but hasn't hasn't broken through in the major yet. You know, I, I haven't talked. We'll get the picks here shortly, but actually, probably not that short. We got a lot to talk about still. But I I haven't talked myself into going too far down the board though. I, I think I still think it's I still think over four days the cream rises, and I mean we you're, you're you can get some screwy stuff in there, but it hasn't changed. Like who I who I has been playing good coming in and who I like to just like consistently hit solid shots. Like these guys, a lot is made out of, you know, the lack of creativity of the American players and then a lot of top pros. Like I feel like that is a, a really overblown thing. Like the pros are so incredibly good at showing up at a place and in three days knowing where to hit it, knowing where not to hit it on the golf course, learning how to hit it off a different turf, put it on a different turf, chip it off a different turf, learn how- different wins. A picture like uh, the President's Cup at Royal Melbourne. Like we literally, we got to see that with our own eyes over three days of just like the guys on Friday, or I guess the President's Cup's four days. But you know, the guys on Thursday are like, "Whoa, you know, he doesn't know how to hit that shot." And by Sunday, they're a mile ahead. You know, because they like you just watch them figure it out in real time. And yeah, I'm I'm with you. So like, I, I see what you're at with the rum, you know, temper kind of thing being a, a weird, funky place like that. But I just just like keep picturing him hitting that dead straight ball that he hits. And he's almost odds on to win the tournament. Oh, uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll hear that at some point this week. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I, I still I still I still like the horses in this in some way. But before we do get to picks, when we're not quite ready to get there, 
of course, uh, the, our friends, the DraftKings Sportsbook, are they're, they're my favorite sportsbook. They're also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using it. Easy to navigate. Plenty of instructions for new bettors. It's got limitless ways to get in on the action. All of us here at No Laying Up, of course, love doing the DraftKings Sportsbook, and we love doing the Championship Series. That has become my new like addicting thing on this on this app is is doing the I hate being DFS guy I really do uh but I'm, I'm starting to become that guy I'm close to sending some messages to guys that miss cuts just to let them know how upset I am <laughs> Sally I spent three hours on on, on this shit this afternoon <laughs> cashing in all sorts of tickets on there it, it was it's 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 fun so if you listen to this incredible offer on the DraftKings Sportsbook you can place a pre-tournament wager of one dollar on any golf outcome to be eligible to cash fifty dollars in free credits if any player makes a birdie that's 50 to 1 odds on any golfer making a birdie during this weekend's tournament 50 to 1 odds is an offer that does not come around often so sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to get in on all the action DraftKings is safe secure and reliable you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience so download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code NLU when you sign up to turn up turn $1 into $50 in free credits if any golfer makes a birdie this weekend that's code NLU to turn $1 into $50 in free credits for a limited time, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers, only winning paid out in site. Credits, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. one if you pick a golfer who's not going to make a birdie. <laughs> that would be unbelievable. <laughs> so pissed about Mav McNeely making 18 straight pars. That was, that, listen, that was tough. That was among the rounds of the year. Let's go through uh, some of the top top guns here. I'll just read off some the top 15 uh, guys on the odds sheet. Brom is plus 800. Uh, for those that don't like American odds, that's 8 to 1. Uh, Brooks Kepka plus 1,800. Xander plus 1,800. Rory plus 19. Spieth plus 1,900. JT plus 2050. DJ plus 2250. All the way at 7th on the board. Hovland plus 2,500. Louis Oosthuizen plus 2,800. Cantlay. Fitz and Reed are all plus 3,000. Bryson, Hatton, and Morikawa all plus 3,500. Anything stick out to you guys uh, among those top 15 on there? Anything surprising? I think Dustin on, uh, you know, world number one. You'll see, he's I, yeah, he's, anointed. He's clearly playing great. He just moved back to world number one. Uh, no, I'm sure I, I'll happily talk about this with my picks or spoil it now, but like, yeah, I got a, a pick for him to win just because when was the last time you saw him seventh on the Seventh on the odd sheet, right? And a guy who, you know, was very close to winning here last time, a guy who is super un I know it's a cliche, but like very unflappable. A lot of, you know, bad bounces don't really seem to bother him. But I've also got to plan him to miss the cut because I truly don't know <laughs> what we're gonna see. So uh you know, but that's you modeling your picks off of Neil now. This is not a good thing. <laughs> it's chess fest, man. I, I haven't taken my wristband off. I think for me, it's first thing that sticks out is Rory at plus nineteen hundred. Like he's clearly not going to win, so I'll just get get out ahead of it. That's my pick not to win this week. You know who Rory? Rory's thirtieth in the uh, golf week staggering rankings right now, which is like as as we've mentioned before the the head to head rankings. Like how it's not good. That's really bad. Yeah. Really, really bad. Yeah, I think he's dropped out of the top ten in the world. It's just I think it's insulting that speed is is the same odds as Rory. Can it's, I interject an update? Yeah. Live, Spieth must be taking a ton of action because uh, live to the minute he's plus fourteen hundred, plus oh. one thousand four hundred. He was plus nineteen hundred when I wrote down. I my well, no, I'm just saying uh, money pouring in on. Spieth. I think that's an app versus website thing. They got the the, the action's hot right now in the DraftKings sports. There's a lot going on. Hot yeah. in the streets. Yeah, and then I I'm you know what Hovland jumps out at me at 
plus 2,500, 25 to one. Uh, I don't know why. He's just, he's just really fucking good. He's, he's, yeah. He's one of those guys, like, I don't know how the right way to say this without sounding like an idiot, but like, he's one of those guys that is, everybody would answer yes to the question, like, is he going to win a major or not? Right. Like, everybody would say, oh, yeah, he's, he's definitely going to win one. And it's just a matter of picking, like, what the one is. I think right? he wins one of the next six yeah, to eight really, majors. And really, I don't want to be on the outside looking in. Yeah. The guy that I never know what to do with is, like, is Louie. Especially yeah. in, in yeah. oh, I wonder if he's gonna win. I'll <laughs> tell you what you do. Don't bet him to win. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I I I'm no longer again spoiling a pick. I'm no longer falling for not picking Louie. Uh, just like why would you not pick Louis, pick Louie and Brooks? Like do you think you're they're gonna like both miss the top ten? What are the chances of that happening? Um, so, yeah. so I was buying my, GameStop at eight hundred right now. My my Hovland thing oh, the last three days is like. Incredibly talented player. The rate, the ratings love him. The stats love him. Ton of top finishes. He just had. God, this is going to get flipped on me so hard for the feed now stuff. I picked him to win a lot, and he doesn't have like any big wins. He's got two wins. Uh, he just like has it. You can't overestimate what a big win Puerto Rico is. I'm, I'm sure. I know you can't, but like. <laughs> It just feels like he's always around in these, and he, he hasn't like won one of them. And I know he's incredibly young. Uh, it just let me uh, tell you about probability and all this stuff. Like he he really should. It's better if he doesn't win, right? Like it's more better if he doesn't win. He's still incredible at golf, which is what you'd won't admit about Finau. Uh, no, he's it all the time. He's so like he he should win. He's, he's too incredible good. Yeah. at golf. I think I think you're describing Xander to me. Xander's he's up almost there. Uh, European Xander when you when you put it out like that. Sanders won a WGC at least. Well, those are Allegedly. limited field. I, I don't consider those. <laughs> yeah, the tour championship also limited. I, field. I don't put that much stock in WGCs personally. Why don't we do? Let's let's do who won't win then. I mean, we we have we have one who uh, we have one pick in. I, I think it's pretty safe one there, if I may say. But DJ, who's who's not going to win? I always forget that we're going to do this game, so then I always end up uh, just pulling something out of my hat. Randy will pick like five guys. We can throw it to him first. Who's not going to win? Well, Ricky and Finau for sure won't win. Will you be brave enough to add Louie to the autos? For sure, for sure. Louie won't win. Uh, I was gonna say, no way Rom wins. He's not gonna win. Uh I, I mean I would take I would take 10 of these guys, no problem. Can't lay, never gonna win. I don't think DJ's gonna win this week. Uh Xander never wins anything. He's not gonna win. Kepka's too hurt. Nope. Hatton, he never wins anything. Uh, Bryson can't deal with the funkiness. He's not gonna win. I think he's undervalued. At, yeah, at thirty five hundred. Fitz, sorry, Fitz. I like you. You never win. Never. Uh, so take all of those people. <laughs> Fitzpatrick, I called your name, right? Yeah. I'll I'll say Brooks. You you mentioned Brooks on there. That's just you know, uh, you know what have we seen from him at the majors, <laughs> right? Uh, I'm sure that won't come back to bite me at all. But I'm sure he won't take that personally. Um, I'll join UTC and be very safe. I'm already, I've already lost one of these, so it, it doesn't really matter anymore. But I'll say Roy's not going to win. That's I'm, I'm kind of surprised to see him at plus nineteen hundred. Seems yeah. like a good place for him to be in the mix and then be undone by like a, just a horrible break. And then he makes you know eight birdies on Saturday <laughs> right. or Sunday and comes back in and shoots like he's like T seven. Yeah, fools everybody. Here, here's an interesting problem. I I'd almost rather take. I, I'm I would I would lay. Essentially, what's what's Victor there? Twenty five. I, I kind of like Victor. You can take everybody with better odds than Victor, and I'll take I'll take the field below him. Okay, that's that's probably like that. including Spieth. I thought you loved Spieth. 
Except for well, Speed's gonna win. So except for Speed, yeah, that's a good point. Let's do our picks now. Let's do it. Let's plow right through it. Um, let's start with who's in last place. Is it is it Randy? Randy. Randy. Yeah. Sorry. Is that rhetorical? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just uh, a wild guess here. Well, you banked five, five, last, right? Yeah, two winners, and I still lost money. Um, two, game, two game hitting streak going here for Mister Big. I know. Okay. <laughs> Got some big big bets this week. For the for those that don't know, we do these picks every week, uh, and we do a hundred hundred nuggets every week. But for major weeks, we do two hundred nuggets. So you got a lot to play with here. I'm putting my I'm chopping two hundred divided by five, so I'm putting forty nuggies on each of these. All right. I I said yesterday, or I said Sunday night, one of the hottest players in the world. Give me Richard Bland to top thirty. Uh, that's plus four hundred forty nuggies on that. Yeah, that's a great bet. That's a fantastic play. Yeah. And then I got four winners, baby. Mm. One oh. of these horses got a hit. I got let's start at the best odds. Victor. I, I show him on the app at plus three thousand. Put 40 nuggies on that. Webb Simpson plus fifty five hundred. Played really well here in 2011. I know oh, that's he's playing only 10 like years ago. Absolute ass right now. <laughs> right? God, talk about a guy who just is unflappable. We'll we'll just make the best of any situation. And then two guys at at plus eight thousand. Mickelson. I, I genuinely like Mickelson to win here. Really, Phil? Yeah, Phil. Phil. Premium on driving accuracy. <laughs> and then Poulter at plus eight thousand. Hmm. I can get down with Poulter. I th- I. God, I think one of those guys is going to win it. I was trying to get down with Poulter. The data golf guys hated him this week. Like, absolutely hated him. I, uh, I think I think St. George is where you, you tell the nerds to beat it. This is, <laughs> this is chaos, baby. Throw the models out. Randy, I was, I was expecting you to A, be bitchy that the uh, ladies' odds aren't up yet, and then oh, yeah. B, you know, throw a couple nuggies at the, at the Barbasol. Or no, I, don't, I don't. I think you got to keep. If you want to use two hundred nugs, you got to use it on the major. I think that's a fair play. You know, Randy, you're you're making you're making winners plays. You're trying to trying to make up ground. You need a big win. A real we big. Need, we need a big win. Yep. I I feel really good. We're gonna get one this week. All right, Randy. Good stuff. Particularly the Richard Bland thing. Webb Simpson could be an ultimate buy buy low uh, pick. Who knows? Love that too. That brings us to uh, yours truly, I believe. I'm in the pouch this week. First time in the pouch for a while, if I if I, I do say you. so myself. Uh, I I drew uh, have to get coffee for the man in lead at their coffee shop of choice. Obviously, we'll not be playing. You know, paying that off right now. I would imagine the the man in the lead would. Uh, Probably prefer a very early coffee. This is a tough week to. You should get a McDonald's coffee at like two a.m. That's, for the cock. That's, it's possible. So you just you text me and I'll be there, man. Uh, happy to uh, fulfill that one. All right, picks this week. I already mentioned Dustin to win. Uh, you know, six people with shorter odds. That's that's wild. Let's go forty nuggets there. Uh, kind of anticlimactic. I know we predicted this many, many months ago, but Jordan Spieth will win. Uh, so of course, gotta hide some money there. Uh, plus nineteen hundred was what I had. We'll see what the what the final odds shake out at. But uh, another forty nuggets there. As I mentioned, I'm gonna hedge because I have no idea what we're gonna get from Dustin Johnson. Uh, so I, I also you can get him to miss the cut plus three twenty. Uh, he has not made the last two cuts. Is that right? Or did he make the cut at the U.S. Open? He, he did missed- make it at the U.S. Open. He missed uh, at least two cuts at major PGA and the Masters. 
Yeah, not good. Uh, so 30 nuggets there to miss the cut. Why not? Uh, a couple of uh, just kind of heart play matchups here. Uh, Streelman over Keegan. I think Streelman's one of those guys just like, you know, drives it straight. He's been played like sneaky well at the last couple majors. Uh, Randy, I'm with you. Poulter over Sergio. Uh, can't measure heart. Can't measure heart, Randy. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, good stuff from Poulter. Uh, and then Brian Harmon over uh, Harris English. I know Harris is flushing it. He's like he's like 12th ranked player in the world right now, uh, which is wild. But, you know, just a total rant. That was kind of a Costanza, honestly. It was like, you know, I, I, I know everything says Harris uh, over Brian Harmon, but I'm just going to do the opposite. So well, that all parlays out to plus 712. But besides flushing it, Harris's big home game, home game model loves him. <laughs> <laughs> Back in England, damn it! Oh, yeah. stupid! Uh, I couldn't get any action on Ken Duke this week, unfortunately. Speaking of home game. <laughs> and then I'm between the last two. It's a it's a total coin flip here. Uh, but I'm gonna just because I this is really what I would rather root for. Uh, big shot, Bob McIntyre, top ten. Mm. Uh, no, he finished what T six, I think at the open in 2019 oh, man after my heart playing really nice, uh, obviously comfortable playing links golf. He's plus six fifty for a top 10, so 30 nuggets there. I was also thinking Stuart sink top 20. I think he's going to be a factor this week. Oh God. Mm. I know that's what, what's that's, his top 20, 20, uh, top 20. He's plus three fifty for a top 20 just mm. hits it straight. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I don't know. I'm, a little I'm surprised you didn't sniff around that Lucas Glover top twenty. I top thought 30. about it. I thought about yeah. that too. I know. No, I did too. Not but... enough picks. Not enough picks. I'm. I, guys, if you want to add, can we add more picks <laughs> to everybody but you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, TC. What do you got? Oh, so many different directions. Of course. I thought about Daniel Berger. I thought about cut him off, uh, off Deej. Come on. <laughs> no, this is the this is the longer show. I can I can I can pontificate a little bit. Thought about Molinari, but he missed the cut at uh, Renaissance. Uh, Francesco okay. um, plus six fifty. He had been showing signs of form, and then he missed the cut at the Scottish Open last week. Um, plus six fifty for a top twenty. I'm not going there though. Uh, first play, the bullet. Hell yeah. Top forty. Wow. Plus seventy five. Throwing twenty nuggets at that. Marcus Armitage, of course, for the people who don't know. Bullets back, home game models. Uh, he's a he's a link specialist. <laughs> I just hope he's not gutted because of the lad's loss. I know. Next up, we're going with Tyrell. Tyrell, plus 3,000 for uh, 30 nuggets on that one. That's and to then, win. That's to win. Okay. Uh, I've, got, I've got the Lynx master himself, Stinky Jordan. <laughs> Plus nineteen hundred. The links master is Jord, though, just to be clear. Yeah. Regardless, I have him plus nineteen hundred for. We are going to go uh, forty nuggets at that one. I'll see you there. We are going big leash, plus eleven hundred, ninety nuggets for top five, and then we're going Hovland plus twenty five hundred for twenty nuggets. Hmm. All right. Very interesting stuff. All right. Like I said, I'm not getting caught out anymore on, on Brooks. He paid off very well for me at the U.S. Open. 75 nuggets at plus 188 for a Brooks top 10. Uh, T4 at Portrush has two other top 10s at the Open Championship. I feel like he is just that that feels wonderful. Brave, brave. Pick I'm there, out sorry. here. <laughs> Louis, Louis Oosthuizen's also got a top 10. He's plus 225. Uh, I'm doing 45 more nuggets oh, on God. that. That's all he's buying at the top. You're exactly right, DJ. I is am there going. Any, is there any golfers you can bet on that will have a good time? 
uh, you know, <laughs> minus 250. Uh, How about this? No, no, no. There will be no comments on any odds I select after what you guys did last week while I was out. So well, I, you know I lost all those bets. Also. I know. So, Solly just bought a bunch of DD shares before the uh, <laughs> Chinese made him delist them. I'm buying, I'm buying T-bills over here. Uh, I'm also covering you guys with Spieth. I got plus him to win at plus 1,900, 30 nuggets on that. That's just to, to cover my exposure there because I knew pretty much everyone was going to have that play. Uh, I'm going Westy. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fall into this. I, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna hurt. I'm gonna feel the pain for a top ten plus four fifty. Thirty little nuggets on that one. Um, just feel like it, feel like he could. I don't think he's gonna make enough putts to win, but it feels like a, a Westy kind of golf course. And then I really do this, but I, I I feel I'm feeling the need for a Monty Monty for your last one with <laughs> Louis and Westy uh, in the fold. <laughs> I'm doing a parlay, uh, a matchup parlay. Must be nice. <laughs> Stringer's talking parlay. <laughs> Brooks is going to beat Rory. That one's minus one. I don't need to do all the odds on this because it comes out to plus. It's going to come out to plus 900, uh, plus 911, I believe. But Kepka is going to beat Rory. Uh, Poulter is going to beat Sergio. Spieth is going to beat Scotty Scheffler. And Rom is going to beat Xander. Parlaying all four of those, 20 nuggets, plus 911. I like that too. I like that. Guys, I got I got a couple hunches that aren't in my picks, but I just want to get them out there. Please, P. I think P is going to play well. I, know, I do too. Um, I didn't love him at at you know thirty to one, but um, I think P is going to play well. I think Finau is going to play well. What makes you think Finau is going to play well? TC, if I don't think Finau is going to play well, he's probably not going to play he's well. Super stinky, but I think he, he's coming in with low expectations, and and he's he's got some links experience. Uh, I think Daniel Berger plays well. I have no idea why. And then I think Fleetwood plays well. I think Fleetwood could win this. I think Cam Smith could win this. I think Brandon Grace could could top five here. A lot of different ways. You go. A lot of different ways. Uh, well, TC, it sounds like you don't have a great, uh, maybe not a great model you're trusting there. I think and Sam Burns could play well. There's just so <laughs> many guys that could play well. I'm limited to five picks, which is bullshit. We learned a little bit about models uh, today from our guy. Uh, whistles go woo. Uh, much like we did at the U.S. Open. Uh, this guy, he literally made... Uh, Two and a half million dollars uh, playing fantasy sports in one day. Uh, that was for football, but he also has all kinds of algorithms and all kinds of models he uses. He's a basically a data professor, PhD, uh, PhD who just gets deep in people's asses <laughs> in daily fantasy. Uh, so we had a chance to talk to Mr. Whistles Go Woo about his process. Uh, let's roll that around. Total quick. shot of life. All right, taking a quick break from our British Open preview to bring you a bona fide fantasy sports champion. You don't get to say this about a lot of people, someone who's won legitimately seven figures uh, in one day playing fantasy sports. Mister, uh, you, you fill me in on the name. Whistles go woo. Whistles go woo. <laughs> Uh, of course, an homage to a big friend of ours, uh, Bob Rub, uh, all the early days of, of viral videos. And, on the sis. and of course, Little Sis would be remiss if we didn't mention Little Sis as well. Uh, David, how are you, man? What's what's going on? Good, all is well. Yeah, I mean, uh, all is well. You know, excited about the uh, the the open coming this this week and all the you know golf tournaments that happen over the summer. That's always fun. All is well. Good. Well, let's uh, let's jump right in. So you are a uh, you know a multi-sport fantasy player, but you've you made your literal bones uh, playing fantasy football. You of course won the uh, fantasy the two and a half million dollar fantasy football contest. Let's start there. Uh, what's it like as a fantasy sports player to one day not have two and a half million dollars, and then the next day have two and a half million dollars? What what was that feeling like? 
pretty amazing. I mean, you know, you 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 know, us us daily players, we are kind of in the grind every day, and you kind of just hope to hit this one big one every year, right? And it just so happened on the biggest prize of the year, at least from what I understand, right? And uh, yeah, it was a pretty amazing experience. I I I had about eight of the tickets going in, right? There's a total of 200 tickets you could have had. I had eight of the tickets, so eight different entries in the competition. And luckily, that was the day that my that, that my entries hit. Unreal. I want to apologize on behalf of my colleague here who said it was just one day of work, right? It was, it was, it was a lifetime of work leading up to that. What are your, what are your models look like? Like you're, are you, are you a fly by the seat of your pants guy? Are you a very, you know, just stick to the models and you're super disciplined? Like kind of, kind of walk us through your process. Yeah. So I think there's, I mean, I do a lot of analytics. I do a lot of consulting also for companies and all, I also do daily fantasy sports. And I think any proper application of a model that you might build has got to use some type of domain knowledge, right? So I do stick with my model always, but baked into it is, of course, some knowledge about the sport, right? And whether it be football, basketball, golf, or whatever it is. So it's a trust in the model. Always go with the process because otherwise you're going to look at it and say, why didn't I pick this one or why didn't I pick this one? You have to have some process, go with it, whatever that might be. And then, and then yeah, I try to stick with it as much as possible. Well, you alluded to it a little bit and and kind of covered in a lot of the the press about your winning was what you do for a living. I'm wondering if you could walk people through that and and how that plays a role in in uh, your fantasy sports. Yeah, so uh, growing up, I just loved math, uh, and then you know I, I finished my college degree, and then they're like, "Well, maybe you should get a master's." I was like, "All right." Then I finished the master's, they were like, "Maybe you should get a PhD." I was like, "All right." Then I got a PhD, we're like, "Maybe you should be a professor." I was like, "Sure, why not?" And I just kind of kept that momentum going. Uh, but it was great, right? I learned all about analytics along the way. Uh, I was able to, you know, do it both in consulting and then also teach it to the students, and then, um, and of course, apply it to daily fantasy sports. And actually, my class this summer, uh, our final exam was to play against me in daily fantasy sports. So we played a basketball during the NBA playoffs. I actually came in third place at eight teams. So I think those two student groups probably have a great story to tell future employers. Yeah, that's the dream when, you know, the, the student becomes the master, right? That means you're doing your job. There are you, you go. Are you Professor Wu? Uh, no, not yet. But I think once we're back in person, I wouldn't be surprised if people start calling me that. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, talk to me a little bit about the difference between, uh, you know, fantasy sports in general and fantasy golf, because we're <laughs> theoretically focused on golf. Uh, and I'm just curious, uh, you know, golf to me from the outside, I don't watch a ton of other sports, but it seems like the hardest thing to, to bet on. I'm wondering if, if you can either confirm or deny that. Sure. So I'll tell you a lot of the sports, you know, especially team-based sports, right? You've got some correlation or, you know, pairs of people that you might want to put together. Take, for example, quarterback and wide receiver in football or something like that, right? Of course, wide receiver scores a touchdown, quarterback's also going to get a touchdown. And golf is a bit different, right? Because golf, you've got individual guys playing against themselves. Uh, but there is some type of relationship between what one golfer might score and the other, not because they're going to have different golf games, but because they're going to have different DraftKings days. Take the two favorites in the tournament. I don't know. You take Rahm and whoever to this weekend, right? Only one of them can possibly come in first. So if one of them gets the placement points, the other person can't get those placement points. So there is a slight negative correlation between actually what the points are. So I think it is interesting. Most of it is individual, of course. And so you try to get the best projection model you can and then just try to build from there. But it is tough, right? I mean, uh, golf is tough because of the individual nature of everybody. But still, I think, you know, there are some models that can be applied in some things that you can think about because ultimately you have to pick six people, right? And have to stay under the salary cap. You have to find some value somewhere, right? At least someone that you think might make the cut or whatever. 
are you like a bottom of the barrel plus few superstars guy or do you do you layer it all the way through I layer it all the way through, right? I mean, I, you know, I was on a, a podcast for whatever, some other podcast at some point, and they asked me, like, are there certain people that you just cut out automatically? And I, I put, you know, I don't, like, shrink the field, right? Of course, naturally, the model's going to knock some people out, right? Those at the bottom of the barrel. But they're, you know, I, I, I my, my models, they, they spread it around, right? And I think uh, that's something that I try to do to the best that I can. How do you do for a, a tournament like the Open Championship where it, it rotates, it hasn't been to Royal St. George and... In 10 years 10 years yeah how do you like what are you feeding into your models in that instance where you know are you relying upon some analysis and then and then finding a comparable course or yeah so i try to really just focus in on each golfer and what they do on each type of hole right i mean some golfers have a more propensity for birding on par fours versus you know boat birding on a par five or whatever the case may be in comparison to the field right so i try to take that into account and then of course look at each hole right and i think you can you know i mean you can only do so much with analytics, right? But if a hole goes this way or that way, you can kind of look at what golfers have done in previous holes like that and then build some simulation model around that. Got That's it. really interesting. It's also kind of fascinating for a place like Royal St. George's, you know, who knows how it's going to play this week, but by all accounts is one of the more quirky golf courses in the world. It seems like uh, chance gets even more ramped up there. I'm, I'm wondering if you have, you know, for this week specifically, is there something that, that almost like takes precedent or a certain lever that gets pulled more than it would other weeks. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I understand. I don't think there's really anything that I'm considering differently from what I would play typically. Uh, you know, I mean, it is interesting, right? Some courses, I mean, my buddies would call the easy courses, Mickey Mouse courses and the other courses, real courses, right? So it is a little different when, you know, the field, you, you think someone's going to win with a minus 20 versus when you think just like a minus five might be the best score. Right. And so, that's a bit different, right? Because it's hard for someone to catch up if they make one mistake or whatever. So that builds into it, but that's not explicitly put into the model for me. That's just thing that it kind of learns along the way. With your model, do you do you factor in weather? Uh, no, not too much, which is probably a mistake and something that I should be doing. So yes, that's a good point. Something It's in the backlog, right? Tickets that I have to get to at some point. <laughs> How's your season going so far? Uh, it's good. Uh, I had some really big misses, unfortunately, but I had a, a good one. I mean, last weekend I came in second in a, in a decent sized tournament. I had Glover in one of my lineups uh, in the John Deere Classic. Uh, and so that one obviously rose pretty well. Still didn't come in first, but close. I've come in second place in pretty high cost competitions, I think three or four times out of about 14 tournaments I've played. So, and then in DraftKings, it's really top heavy, right? First place gets such a larger prize than second place. So I'm hoping one of these second places turn into a first place sometime soon. And hopefully this weekend, considering the large prizes on DraftKings. Well, I know it's it's low hanging fruit, of course. Uh, I don't know how much of your info is proprietary, but any any good sleepers, anyone anybody should be should be looking out for? Uh, you know, any sleepers are the ones that I'm going to be picking, right? So I think everybody has their own choices, I think. But as I told you, you know, I really do try to spread it around, I think, more than most. Some other guys I can tell, right? They try to build like a core of players and then move around that. I do a little more of a spread game, um, but it depends on the tournament and everything else. I like this. A lot of different ways you could go. Of course, yeah. a lot of ways I could yeah. go. Uh, uh, last thing for me, any any notorious, like what stands out to you as your your greatest golf achievements from a picks perspective? Anything that that leaps out? Yeah, so I picked uh whatchamacallit, was it Westwood back in the back when it was like uh you know him and uh Thomas I think were playing for like the top prize. And so I had him in my one of my lineups. Just missed first place on that one, but eh, it is what it is, right? You'll look back fondly upon that one. That's right. I will. 
So. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, best of luck this week. Looking forward to, uh, you know, digging into our own models, seeing what we come across. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see you on the top of the leaderboard. I feel wholly, wholly inadequate. <laughs> no, that's exactly how I feel. No, just keep trying. <laughs> All right, guys. It was great catching up with you. And uh, thanks for inviting me on the show. You got it. Thank you. Woo woo. <laughs> All right, thank you to uh, Whistles Go Woo. Thank you to Bob Rub. Thank you to Little Sis. Sally, what else? What else we got to cover before we get out of here? Well, Tyler Munson Seven sent a great question in: What venue should be kicked out of the Rota? Any reasons acceptable? And I just wanted to wanted to go around round table on that one to see. What, and I I know what Randy's going to say, and I want him to lead it off. And I because I want people to get really upset about it, but. Let, let's do that. What 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 venue should be kicked out? The old course. Yeah, it's too short. <laughs> it's outdated. Get it out of there. It stinks. Can't play for me. You're an idiot. I mean, truly. I hate I seeing them desecrate it. I'm going Troon. Troon's ugly as shit. That was gonna be my answer, but not not an answer I would like ride for or justify. Just because they're I, all good. I, I know very, the least amount about Troon probably. Troon is probably, yeah, there's nothing, there's no Tory on the Rota, I think, right? There's not like a course that so desperately needs kicked out, but Litham kind of either being out of the Rota or falling by the wayside would, I would definitely replace something in there to keep Litham in there. Cause I think it's a fantastic, fantastic golf course. It, it's probably Troon. I think that's a good answer, but at the same time, an event in Western Scotland makes a ton of sense. Uh, and I doubt that they're going to do Turnberry while it's still under its current ownership. So um, if it bring, means bringing golf to the West Coast of Scotland, I'm, I'm in on that because there's plenty of representation between Liverpool and Birkdale, um, you know, on the northwest coast of England. That uh, That's probably a reason, you know, infrastructure being the main one why Lytham is probably out of the Rota. Um, so long-winded answer to say Troon's probably the answer. But honestly, I would think St. George's would be probably my second vote. But I reserve the right to change that after this week. I need it to some fresh memories of it and a new experience with it. And I'm coming in with an open mind. I'm not coming in with a St. George's stinks in any way. So don't even try. I'm glad nobody said Hoylake. Yeah. Hoylake's typically gets shit on a little bit. I feel like the cat cemented Hoylake's. I like Hoylake. Yeah. Hoylake's cool. And they've done some changes to uh, the last few holes. I think that, that little par three, they redid that. It's, it looks fantastic. We can, we'll have plenty of links golf discussion uh, as the week goes along. But I'm ready for uh, for the Open Championship, the UK British Open, presented by Her Majesty, of course, as it's more widely known. But go ahead, Deej. I was just going to say, who wins? Pick one name, no odds, no anything. Gun to your head, who who wins this week? Speeth. I say Speeth. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this can't go right. Oh, uh, gosh. I'm going to say I didn't pick him in my picks. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was gonna give us five names. I really thought he was going to. I've got Rom at plus twelve hundred in my season long plays to win win the British at twenty. Mm. Those are throwing stuff out. I think the Schlong's gonna play well this week. The Schlong? Think it, uh, All right. Oh. All right, we gotta start wrapping up. Who's your, who's your guy? <laughs> uh I think I think Speed has been destined to win this since the start of time. <laughs> He's, he's never played St. George's, right? Never has. The, never has played an open here, correct. So, yeah. All right, lads, thank you. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I'm truly amped. Uh, gosh, major championship season is going to be over here in a few days. Which for, is, the men. for the men. For the men. For the men. Sorry. Gosh, thanks so for making you me look horrible. Strays. Uh, Carnoustie for the women this year is going to be that. I might be looking forward to that more so than I even am this open. So, Randy, do you consider the Evian a, a, a major? 
No. It depends who wins. <laughs> no one's like people are skipping it. It's not a major if players are skipping it. That's not a I'll I'll reserve right. If I if I like the winner, yeah, I it's true. I like I'll ride with you on that. But <laughs> like play, players are skipping this one. Sungjae, Ryan Moore, Kevin Na. We didn't talk about that at Kenny all. Perry, the withdrawals, and uh, you know, does it put an asterisk on this week at all? I would say absolutely not. Who's no, the, no. Well, who are the best players that aren't there? Bubba and Hideki. Hideki and Bubba was reverse order. Do anything there? Yeah, playing, Bubba no, this, playing is, well. this is a Bubba golf course. Yeah, I think it's. I, I agree. I think Bubba could have been a, a nice play. Ted Scott week. was. He was. By the way, I want to give a shout out to Ted Scott. He is a shot of life on Instagram. He is awesome. His videos, his Sunday Sunday thing, and all. I, I'm. I could not be more in on Ted Scott. Did not see the show ending that way. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if this is a bit. No, I swear to God, it's awesome. Follow, give him a follow, J. Ted Scott. I think on on uh, on uh, Insta. Wait, just real quick. This is a Bubba golf course. All right, he finished T thirty here in twenty eleven. Has never finished inside the top twenty in an Open Championship. All right, so where are you getting this? Huh? Where's the Where's the Bubba? How many times has he finished T thirty in a or better in an Open Championship? Yeah, it's got to be his best finish at the Open, right? Uh, no, he had T twenty three in twenty twelve. Okay. okay, so this is a second best finish. So, so we rest a, our case. <laughs> I, I think with the road, I think they should let any defending champion at that course play if they want. Like I think Clark or Curtis should be able to play from the tees they they won at. Exactly, that was my commissioner for a day thing. It, once you win at a course, you're cemented to play those tees forever. That that's more of a masters thing, but. Uh, we can talk about that on the Masters. Preview. Also, I got another another recommendation beyond Ted Scott, which was dead serious, by the way. Uh, there was a great article in Golf Digest uh, in their preview um, from uh, John Barton about the affinity that Ian Fleming, the James yes. Bond. Did you read that? No, but they they kept every time I look up something on Royal St. George's, they're talking I'll, about Ian Fleming. I'll tweet James it. Bond. It's, it's fantastic. And and it, it's you mentioned know, in the, the Goldfinger book. Exactly. Right? They, yeah. they have like an imaginary match at, at Royal yeah. St. George's. But, it, but it, it really gets into the soul of the place and everything like that. So I, I would highly encourage reading that. Very quick. Like, I don't know. This is going to be so backhanded, so I'll just lean into <laughs> it. But Golf Digest has been doing some good stuff. Yeah, lately they and pulled it, themselves and out of a, out of well, a death spot what i will say is ago. like uh seems like they've been focusing on like golf yeah and it's been great i i've greatly enjoyed a ton of stuff they've done recently so i don't know i'm looking for the wag slideshows they need some help still need some help at headlines and and teasers for tweets there's they're still click baby it's it doesn't all happen overnight i, you know, I agree i agree awesome. with you some good feature writing in there yeah it's been so. it's been really good good to see all right, let's wrap it. We'll be doing live shows, of course, all week. Um, you can catch them either on our YouTube channel, live on Twitter, or on our podcast feed after they are no, no longer live. And uh, look forward to, to, to a fun week of content. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you boys later this week. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? It is better than most. Better than most!